Good evening. Turn over to uh, Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to finish up Proverbs 4 tonight. Uh, so far, um, we kind of skipped over the, the first nine verses of it as it kind of more pertained toward um, fatherhood and, and some things in there. We, we touched on a little bit of it last week, uh, but these were um, Solomon's childhood memories that he shares of, of his father, of course, who is David, and, and the wisdom that he gained from that childhood. Um, and then the section that we looked at last week was uh, the two paths, the paths, of, the, the paths of, uh, of, of wisdom and the path of wickedness and how they um, correspond, not really correspond, how they contradict one another, actually, the, the quite opposite of one another, how one, one is uh, a, a path of generating brightness as the brightness continues as you continue down that path and one gets brighter and brighter uh, as compared to the path of wickedness, which leads to blinding darkness. Uh, so we talked about that last week. Uh, Solomon's third appeal Uh, for wisdom here in in chapter 4 makes metaphoric use of body parts. Things like the ears, the eyes, the mouth, the heart, and the feet. Um, So I like to think of this section as physical steps for spiritual training. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, we looked at this, of course, in our study on 1 Timothy several months ago. Paul writes, "...have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness." While, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, I use that uh, excuse to say that I don't need to exercise because it says here bodily training is of some value, but training in righteousness is of much more value. So, I'll focus on that part. However, uh, Solomon's use of, of uh, the physical to uh, explain how we um, can become more spiritual, I find very interesting, and we're going to look at that tonight. So if, we're, if we are to live wisely, then we need to apply these wise tips related to this metaphor that Solomon gives us. So we're going to begin with the fundamentals. All right. The first one is found in verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, pay careful attention to the words that I'm telling you. That careful attention is required. If we have ears to hear, Jesus says, for those who have ears, let them hear. Right? If we have ears to hear, then we must use them. And if we can't hear so well, then we need to lean forward a little bit so that we can hear a little bit better. Similar uh, to the Bereans. Remember, they received the word with all readiness in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. They were eager to receive the word. And as we looked at Zacchaeus this morning, he was eager to see Jesus. And so he did what he had to to make sure that he could do that. So do we make good use of our ears? Do we listen carefully when wisdom is shared? Or perhaps sometimes is that wisdom contrary to how we feel or what we think and the comfort zone that maybe we're in, and it makes us uncomfortable, and so we tune out that wisdom because my way is right, right? We need to make good use of our ears. The beginning of verse 21, Let them not escape from your sight. Let what? His words. 
He said, let my words not escape from your sight. That's the them that's pointing back to. The eyes should be fixed on wise teaching. This implies careful reading of the things that give wisdom. The Bible. Our eyes should be directed towards the Bible. Paul charged Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, a few verses after uh, the verses I just read there. He says, give attention to reading. Study. Do we make good use of our eyes? Do we read the things that help us make wise decisions and help make us wise? The latter portion of verse 21, keep them within your heart. Again, the them being the words of wisdom. The heart in the Bible often refers to the mind or, um, or the, uh, the affections of a person. So this implies that meditating upon the things that we have heard or the things that we have read, as, as Solomon points to, these are things that, that need to be stored up in our hearts. Paul exhorts the Philippians in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, meditate on these things. These things that I have told you, meditate on them. Do we spend the time necessary contemplating the wisdom that we read or that we hear? You know, the whole point of our Together in God's Word in 2018 and our sermon series in the mornings is to get us into the Word and think and, and, uh, and um, meditate on the Scriptures. Rather than just saying, okay, I have five verses I have to read this week, I read one a day, and that's it. All right, I read my verse, or I, I pushed play on my Bible app, and it's, it read the words to me. Or are we getting into the Word? Are we meditating it? Are we storing it up in our hearts so that when questions arise from people maybe that we work with or people that we love, that we can answer them with godly wisdom and godly advice that we have gleaned from the Word? Why are these tips important? Well, Solomon gets into that. In verse 22, he says, For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Now, this is a common theme that we see throughout Proverbs, that wisdom provides benefits to our physical body and to our spiritual body. Wisdom's words are life-giving and creative, as one commentary put it. And they are the health to the whole body because they deliver a person from the sins in their life and the stresses that cause illness. And as Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, John 6, verse 63. Do we let the wisdom of God give us a better life for both body and soul? Do we rely on, those, on His words for those things? Or do we rely on ourselves? See, wise living truly involves more than just the inner man. We have to use the whole man, the whole body, including the eyes and the ears that God gave us. So as we continue looking here at Proverbs 4, we're going to go to the next level here. Okay, We're going to look closely, more closely here at the heart. Look at verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Other translations say, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Diligence is required to guard the heart. Remember, the heart is the mind, our thoughts, our affections. Diligence to study, to faithful prayer, 
These are all things that help guard our hearts. Psalm 119 provides some insight into that. It is the fountain from which all actions spring. Jesus said this too. Regarding sin, in Mark chapter 7, he says, For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, etc. It's from the heart that sin comes. And if we're not taking the proper precautions, and we're not using these tips that Solomon gives us to guard our hearts and protect our hearts, then those sinful things and those temptations are much easier to get in and get out the same time. So are we being careful about what goes into our hearts, what goes into our minds? Verse 24, Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. So this is talking about the mouth and the lips. We're not supposed to use our mouths and lips to do negative things, like lying or misleading others, speaking ill of others. Paul commands in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, 25, he says, Put away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. And again, in, in verse 29 of the same chapter, he says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Are we being careful about what comes out of our mouths and our lips? We're not talking about food. Jesus discussed that. It's not what goes into the mouth, what goes into the stomach that defiles a person, but what comes from where? The heart. And if we go back a step and look at the importance of the heart and guarding the heart, if we're not guarding the heart, then the stuff that comes out of our mouth, that's an example of what's in the heart. How about our eyes? Look at verse 25. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. This, um, this suggests a single purpose of the eyes, but uh, I think um, we can take it pretty literally as well. You know, we think about looking upon the past. You know, I, I don't, I'm sure it was a saying that I heard one time, but um, if we're always looking in the rearview mirror at what's happened behind us, we're not going to be looking forward to what's ahead. And that's when the deer will jump out in front of you. Or a mountain. Or another car. Solomon says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Look forward. And a day when when the media and the world bombard us with publicity and, and negative pictures that are designed to, to, to bring out anger and, and negative attitudes, we have to learn to keep our eyes on Jesus. There's so, there's so many things that happen in the news each and every day that, that turns brother against brother. Turns man against man. And oftentimes when these things happen, Jesus gets pushed to the back. And we see when, when negative things happen and how Christians respond to those things, what proceeds from their mouth and their lips or their fingers on social media? Are they 
becoming that crowd blocking Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus because of what's in their heart. Jesus warned that the eyes can be a conduit into the soul of man in Matthew chapter 6. We have to be careful of what we let our eyes linger on. It's another aspect to this. How about the feet? Verse 26, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. That's a good little piece of advice, isn't it? I mean, this is fatherly advice. This whole chapter is based on advice from a father to a son. Ponder the path of your feet, then your ways will be sure. Think about the direction in which your feet are taking you. Think about the direction your life is going and work toward walking on ways that are established and not unstable ways. That's living a a wise life. That's living in wisdom, walking in wisdom by thinking ahead. Again, not focusing on the past, but focusing on what's ahead. And as we saw in the previous chapter, in Proverbs chapter 3, the Lord is willing to assist us with that. In verse 6 of Proverbs 3, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Are our feet on the proper path? We're not supposed to turn away from that path. right? As we talked last week, there are two paths. You have the path of the wicked and the path of the of the wise, and of course in Jesus' teaching of, of the narrow path and the wide path, you have two paths, and you can only choose one. And if you stray off the path, guess what other path you're going on? The other path. Verse 27, Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. The Lord before you We're not supposed to let the distractions of the world lure us away from God. Whether it be relationships, jobs, things of this world should not distract us from the proper path that we're supposed to be on. Should you take a step in the wrong direction, turn your foot away from evil. Fix it. Get back. On the path. And again, with this, the Lord is willing to help. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It's a good uh, three by five card verse. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. When temptation and trials arise and we fall into the, the, the temptation and, and maybe stray off the path, guess what? There's an escape route. There's a way back. That escape route is always Jesus. Are we careful about where our feet are taking us? Through proper physical steps for spiritual training, we can live wisely using our ears, our eyes, and mouths in ways that are wholesome, filling our hearts with good so that it is good that proceeds from our hearts, from our mouth, from our lips. Watching where our feet are taking us and turning away when we're headed in the wrong direction. We have a GPS. 
You just have to know how to read a map. How are we using our bodies as we go through life? Do we listen attentively to the spoken Word of God? Do we read carefully the written Word of God? Do we apply that Word to our heart and to our soul and to our daily living? Are we careful about what we see, about what we say and what we hear? And are we watching the direction that our feet are going? If we fail to apply these lessons, then we will fail to succeed in the course of life. That's just how it is. Because again, there are two paths. There's the path of the wise, the path of the wicked. So that's Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, our invitation tonight, I wanted to bring up a point that, that Sarah shared with me uh, this afternoon. She asked, she said, I missed the end of your sermon because I was in the nursery. And I don't know if you said this or not, but I read something um, not too long ago. I think Caleb and her had been studying Zacchaeus in, in school and uh, she said, I read something about Zacchaeus that I thought would be pertinent. She said, even before Zacchaeus climbed up in that tree, God put the tree there for Zacchaeus. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a very deep thought. You know, sometimes there are things that happen in life that we think, wow, why did that happen? And then we look back and say, oh, that's why that happened. God puts certain things in our path sometimes that help us. And sometimes those things may lead us off in the wrong direction. But again, that path, that escape route is there. Sometimes things in life change. We don't understand why, but perhaps the change has been put there so that we have a better opportunity to come to Christ, just like the tree. So tonight, if we can assist you with anything that you need, If you wish to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, to be united with Christ, let us help you with that. If we can help you, come forward now while we we stand and sing.